0: The biggest lie we were told is that life and work can be separated things, as if one needs to balance one versus the other. And the underlying assumption there is that one is at odds with each other. And the more you have of one, the less you have to have of the other. And I say that's the biggest lie because the future, to me, is a future in which life and work are the same thing and the businesses that can provide flexibility to their employees and enough autonomy for them to control their own journey while achieving the goals and while delivering the results that they need to achieve, are the businesses that are gonna survive and thrive.
1: That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry and I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Cesar Carvalho is the CEO and co-founder of GymPass, a corporate wellness platform that gives employees access to over 50,000 wellness resources. Cesar developed the idea for GymPass while working at McKinsey & Company, where he realized the importance of employee health and well-being for productivity. GymPass currently provides resources to employees at over 10,000 companies around the world, and most recently surpassed 250 million check-ins through its service. My first question for Cesar was, where did you grow up? What was it like? And of course, was fitness always a part of your life? Robert Thank you so much for
0: having me here. I really love this topic. So I'm excited about the conversation and I sharing a little bit of my story. You know, like I'm originally from Brazil and like come from a modest family. Like my both of my grandparents sold milk door to door, worked at farms and my parents were the first generation that actually went to college, but from an early age they were always like involved in things that helped build the importance of wellness in me like my father was super active he would go play soccer and play volleyball every week and he would take me to the games you know like and for several in several instances you know like I was actually super proud that people would say that my father would play soccer much better than I did and even growing up you know like he still does then I helped him learn how to play tennis and now he loves tennis as well. So, we have been uh, quite an active family. And to me, I feel it started there. And like, we would do it two times, three times every single week and used to be like uh, the program of the day to sit out, go somewhere, and
1: then enjoy. Yeah, Yeah. that is awesome. I mean, as someone like myself, I am super into wellness, fitness, and uh, growing up playing soccer and basketball and baseball. And my father, who's passed, actually was a, a big athlete and a professional baseball player. And I've, I've always just enjoyed health and wellness. And and I never looked at it like that. And it's interesting what it's become as a business and and how many more people now, when we were growing up, it was, you're playing soccer. But I'm curious for you, it just sounds like your father was ahead of his time understanding how important wellness was to mental health and to to really everything in life
0: 100% right you know, like and to this day you know, like he has his routine and he pushes us you know, like and growing up you know, like i understand it became a business everyone's worried about it and now the importance is huge but i think the realization for us is it's part of life right and you can enjoy those experiences either sitting at home and watching a movie together, or you can do something great that has also many positive side effects. And we always try to have that approach. And like, we always try to kill two birds with one shot and get all the benefits that we could. It's about happiness. It's about life. It's about being active, breathing pure air and being out there, meeting people, building relationships. It was always great for us.
1: Growing up also, seeing your your folks, and, and as you mentioned, kind of them being first generation or going to school, you must have learned a lot watching them. I'm sure it wasn't easy for them as much as nowadays where there's you living or had lived in New York and and, and now outside of New York, seeing a lot of uh, kids who who might take going to school for granted, right? Do you still have thoughts and and memories of watching your parents or seeing your parents work really hard. Yeah.
0: So maybe the I'll say that the biggest influence I had growing up was hearing all these stories about the struggle they face when going to school, moving from the farm to a small town where they went to pursue their education and and how even with all those struggles, you know, like my father was a typewriter at a local newspaper. Think about that. My mom was selling cosmetics door to door at the same time they were going to college. And even with all those struggles, they were still like adding physical activity. They were still trying to have like a a great wellness experience. And that was the inspiration for me. And to me, there's a sense of making them proud and, and making them feel that all the sacrifices that they did were worth it. But have this ingrained in me. And it's one of the reasons why like I'm a fighter. I go for like solving big problems, working with people to find solutions. And it's very hard to see me on the robes, giving up on things. And, and the inspiration comes from there.
1: It's so great. And I love how they just seem so ahead of their time and also just how important they made wellness within your life. And and I try and do the same personally with my children. And I'm curious in terms of gym pass, right? Thinking about gym pass, how did, where did the idea come from? How did it all come about? No, very good. So
0: fast forward from my childhood years, with great examples, being active, et cetera. To the time I was right out of college, like I, I landed a job at McKinsey and I was working as a consultant. and Life, Robert, was super stressful so back then. Every three months I would be in a new client in a new city, was traveling around every week. And at some point in time, I got to have two different gym memberships, and I wasn't going to any of the chains that I was a member of. And like I, I felt disconnected from, from those roots. And it took me a, a while. I was already doing my MBA here in the US after McKinsey. So McKinsey sponsored me here. And it was in the middle of an HPS class that I had a click. And I said, it would have been great if there was a service that would cater to me wherever I am for the activity I wanna practice. And in a click, all the doors would be open and I would have access to everything wellness. That service didn't exist. It didn't occur to me back then because to be honest, I wasn't looking. I was happy doing what I was doing. And it was, I didn't even know what I was missing back then but taking that time off spending time in search of my own mission was when the idea came to me and after that it has become my passion you know, like and the reason why I live and wake up to work every single day
1: it's so great to build a business it's another thing to build one around something that you're so passionate about and you enjoy how has that process has that been? Because you enjoy it so much, you know. I just recall I went and worked in sports and events initially, and and soon enough there was pros and cons. You know, it became where I had situations where we would do trips for companies to go to big events like the Super Bowl, and I'm a big New York Jets fan, mm-hmm. and you know they never go to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, maybe now with the uh, this Aaron Rodgers things come through, but in any case. I would find that it was very stressful because I knew if the Jets got in, we would lose tons of money because the pricing of tickets would be so high. How has being and doing something involved in something you have a passion for,
0: have there been pros and cons? So maybe let me frame it in the way of why am I passionate about this and, and what's the meaning I found in doing what we're doing very early in our journey? And one of the first corporate clients we got on board to offer well-being to their employees. What really touched my heart, Robert, was when we saw in that employer the number of active people triple. They have data, they had the data of who was active, how often people were exercising, etc., how often they were meditating, etc. And three months in, we tripled that number. I am in love with the impact. I'm in love with like bringing joy to people. And, and in your case, like there are struggles when you mentioned, you're like, oh, going to the Super Bowl, the prices will be different, et cetera. But to me, like the spark in the eyes of an attendee to that event or the business connection you made between 2 coworkers that went together for that match and are going to remember those stories for such a long time. Like that's what I care about. And like the biggest joy of my life was being able to start it early on 10 years ago with a client seeing that spark in people's eyes and having the ability to scale that to more than 10,000 clients now in 11 countries and, and getting to the, to the scale that we have currently reached. So this is to me like what pays for everything. This is to me what assigns meaning, purpose to everything that we're doing and, and I feel when I look at all the other gym passers, is how we call every single person working to push this mission forward. And in many times, we include corporate clients as well. You know, like we say that they're gym passers as well, because they're as important or even more important on the mission of pushing well-being to everyone. But that's what drives me and gives me an energy that no other thing could.
1: I love that because just what you said there, people build businesses and when you can do a business that you love and are passionate about and then also a business that brings such happiness and and really health probably the most the most important thing in the world and to see that and to see people engaging in that and know it's because of your business that you built i love how for you it seems like by far that is what brings you the most joy that's totally true. Like, it's totally true. And you know,
0: there's a second component, Robert, as well. I like it as well because it's a hard problem. It wasn't solved so far. Like, and it should have been solved already. It's my view. Like, if well-being was a pill, everyone would take it every single day. No questions about it. And like the fact is that burnout is at an all time high and there's a true crisis of well-being in the workplace outside of the workplace and it's such an important thing that we address this head on and and that we're out there fighting so like if it was an easy problem like my level of passion wouldn't be that high as well if it was something that could be easily achievable and like the formula was there and we would be just just be replicating that formula. So I, I like the challenge as well.
1: Yeah, I I love, I love what you're doing. Tell me about, you had this idea, you, it clicked. Tell me about the origins of Gym Pass, what it is, what it was, what it is today.
0: Very good. So there was one important change, like and like that to me was critical for the business and important. Uh, super important factor to to highlight the success we had afterwards so we started as a b2c platform in which people would just go online and buy access to multiple gems studios well-being services and etc what really changed the game was when the chro of a company that was a user individually actually had the push to say look we should offer this to everyone like my employees are in multiple offices. Some are working from home. It doesn't make any sense for me to do, to build just one in company gym or have meditation rooms. You know, like some folks like to do yoga, other Pilates, other folks like to do MMA. So the needs are diverse. You have a diverse range of partners. You know, like we should work something out. Know, like and and that was the conversation that changed the game for us and made us become what we are today. You know, like. It's a complete corporate well being platform that is helping our corporate clients achieve massive improvements on the overall well being of their employees. And as a consequence, people are less stressed and they're less likely to leave their companies. And also they're spending less on healthcare because they don't get sick as often and they're great state at a great state of well being.
1: It's just such a huge benefit as a business owner running a business. Well-being of your employees, and I know that that has become something that a lot of companies have taken a much closer look at since the pandemic. But tell me, because you were able to scale up pretty quickly, what was the reason, or or how were you able to do that? And just it seemed like to me, all of a sudden. And everything seems like an overnight success sometimes, right? But it seems like to me, all of a sudden, I saw you all over the place. How were you able to do that?
0: Very good. So, So to me, the most important factor on that front was that we found an ally to our mission because we couldn't do this alone. And the ally here is someone that has their interests aligned with ours to push this idea, this mission forward and is willing to commit because they also believe on the results. And the ally here, Robert, is the HR leaders of the organizations we work with. Because if you think the mission of bringing well-being to everyone should be the mission of every single C-level executive in every single organization. People spend the vast majority of their lives working, not doing anything else, if you discount the time we're sleeping, right? And it's... Just a no brainer to me like that. To be honest, I, I keep thinking, why, why haven't we done this before? You know, like, and it looks like an overnight success because we're everywhere working with the best companies. But like it was a very, very important thing that we found out early on. You know, like, and the biggest learning for me is if there are people that are willing to help, take the help and bring them on the boat as much as you can to push, to push the initiatives forward. Everyone wins. And this is the secret formula for This was a secret formula for us.
1: Why do you think there is such a a desire for wellness in the workplace? And and did you see this as well prior to COVID, the changes happening? Or is this something that was more so more of the scale coming post-COVID where people were more concerned with their health?
0: Very good. So maybe let me start with one of the most important challenges that we have when we were speaking to investors in the first place, help fund this idea and help the company grow. One of the biggest challenges was, is wellness work or something mission critical to the organizations? Are we talking here about something nice to have or about something that can produce meaningful change and have meaningful impact on the performance of a business? And to be honest, every single company that has invested on the well-being of their employees and have taken the time to like promote and implement well-being the right way, they saw amazing results and they proved it was not a nice-to-have. It was an important part of this trend. And if you ask me, that trend was there already. It was getting more important over time. And what COVID did was just accelerate it. And the level of change to me was not insignificant. COVID accelerated it a lot, but it it was already there. And right now, I don't feel any company can afford not to strategize around the well-being of their employees. Like we did this research with more than 9,000 employees in 11 countries. Four out of five said that well-being is as important as their salary. And we're talking about salary all the time in boardrooms, et cetera. We're discussing compensation, talking about disclosing compensation bans and et cetera. And we're doing very little on well-being. And the same research asked people, do you feel your company really cares about your well-being? One out of five said yes. Only one out of five said their company really cares. And it doesn't cost that much to care. It doesn't cost that much to provide the tools and to have a culture that, by the way, will fulfill a space that's almost as important as salary these days. So I couldn't be more excited. I'm seeing a ton of progress. Like you, I'm seeing employees demanding it. I'm seeing companies respond. And by just looking at a few success cases, you know, like the numbers, the results, what people are doing on this well-being front, they're so encouraging. you like, that, like, I can't wait for what's next. You know, like, I'm very excited about the, the future.
1: I love that. And, you know, as I said, it, it is amazing. You talk about people and salary and work and, you know, without wellness, none of that matters, right? Without your health, I try and remind myself that every day I get reminded of that, unfortunately, every day when you hear about friends or people. And I'm at kind of that age now where things are starting to happen because people aren't taking care of themselves. And it's just amazing to me how prior companies didn't equate the fact that, hey, if we really take care of our employees, if we really give them these opportunities for wellness, it's a win-win-win for everyone. But it just seemed to me like it was being held back. But it does seem to me that through GymPass and through everything you've done, you've given them a way to really provide true value.
0: 100% agree. To be totally transparent, I think what are the transformational things here are, number one, to have products, solutions that uh, can serve everyone. Like, and the employee base is getting more and more diverse over time. People are more geographically dispersed than they ever were. And they just have different tastes. And and, and by the worst mistake that one could make as a CHO or CEO of an organization is trying to have a one formula fits all when you're talking about well-being to your employees. And that's a, a concept that's to the core that what we do, and I believe is one of the critical, one of the two critical things of the success here. And the fact that, for example, in mental health or mindfulness, there are four different partners for you to choose from. And if you didn't like that service, if you didn't like the user experience, if you didn't like that specific provider, the costs to trying something new and to keep discovering what works best for you until you find something you really love has to be very low, right? And to me, the secret is about discovery. The secret is about providing people all the options and empower people to choose what works best for them. And the solution, 99% of the times will be different from people to people. The second thing is lowering barriers for people to try. Wellness is complicated to a lot of people. And like, you don't know where to start. Like, is it a physical activity? Is it a therapy session? Is it like a, an app to help me sleep better? And, like what drives what? How do you start this complex problem? And the entire industry, and they try to get you into a nearly subscription of a service, nearly contract. Like that goes against, completely against like the push for people to try something new. And like the other thing that we do that I think is, is critical for the entire ecosystem is because of our scale and the amazing relationship we have with all of those partners, we're able to lower prices to employee to a point where trying is, no brainer, is a no-brainer. And then we let people pause at any point in time they want. We give them seven days to try for free. So we try to do whatever we can to lower the barrier for that first jump. And when you do your first jump, the level of courage, the level of incentives to keep trying, if the platform is open and there are multiple options, is there and will always be there.
1: What was it like during COVID? Was that a difficult time for you? Was it a growth period for you? Was it what was that period like in terms of Jim Pass's business?
0: So the best word would be intense. Because the ups and downs were three times more intense than life at a tech startup normally is. And maybe a couple of comments on that front, like one, when all companies were sending their employees home, no one knew how to keep people engaged. No one knew how to communicate with those employees and how to be providing kind of the services benefits that we were providing people at the office, but in this new context, right? And what we discussed internally as employees is that our mission at that point in time to bring well-being to everyone with all the uncertainty in the world, our mission was more important than ever. And I think that was the first thing that dramatically changed how we were dealing with the situation and the level of importance we assigned to everything that we were going to do afterwards. The other thing is, We had to innovate a ton as well. We had to find better digital partners, more digital partners to offer people the same flexibility to try different solutions as they previously had when going to different gyms and studios and et cetera. And I found out an ecosystem of different solutions that is as diverse as the gyms and the classes were. For an example, there are Amazing digital apps that cater specifically to people that practice yoga. You have normally the apps with on demand classes for all the different types of activities. Yoga is always a category there, but there are digital solutions and user experiences that are digital that were specifically made for people practicing yoga. Same for CrossFit, same for Zumba. And in like the number of options is equally interesting. So the team also had a huge push to kind of deliver the services that our clients wanted on the mental health front bringing in all the different meditation apps the, therapy, the the solutions that were providing therapy to people so it was intense the challenges were equally intense you know, like if before you were using a single gym and that gym is closed you you can't go there you're know, like how to deal with the customer and the transaction at that time you know, like but i also saw Amidst all the challenges and the uncertainty, our partners innovating their own business, creating live classes so that people could still be connected to their trainers and still be working out in, that way. And for example, Barry's still has their live classes on, like, and people are still joining. I still join the Barry's class. My wife still goes to that class. And you know, like, I, I feel well-being is just getting better because we had to try different options.
1: Yeah, it it really is interesting to think back and that time frame and and I was a big boutique fitness person and Barry's and I go to my regular gym and trainer. I'm play basketball. I'm I'm doing I'm doing everything. That's why gym pass is like made for someone like myself and especially when I'm traveling and I'll end up going and trying to stay at a hotel that's very close to a a gym or, you know, that I go to or, or a boutique fitness shop. But amazingly enough, like you said, that period during COVID must've been such an incredible time because I would imagine on one hand, it was exhilarating with the fact that you were making it more digital, going more digital, seeing the big opportunity. On the other hand, it must have been really stressful thinking, hey, a lot of our people are going to gyms, gym memberships. Was there ever a time during that period where you were facing enormous challenges and you were a little bit worried about the business as a whole?
0: Never about the existence of the business and, and the value we're creating to people. And the the reason why is that the push on the digital side was done side by side with our corporate clients asking for that and guiding that. So at any point in time, I felt unsupported like by our corporate clients. They were always side by side and driving the, that initiative forward. And to me, those that made that bet are the ones reaping the benefit now because they are now the masters of well-being. They have implemented things. They have tested a number of many different solutions. And, and together, I would say we learned. And now we're both better at engaging uh, people and bringing well-being to them.
1: Yeah, it's really incredible to think about that because it was almost as if perfect timing where everyone's working from home, there's this, this, and even now, hybrid workforce. And your corporate partners, the ones who really jumped on with you initially. Were able to provide something that was so. It's always important. It's the most important thing, as I truly believe, and many people do. But during that period, it must have been more important than anything from a mental health aspect, physical fitness aspect. So it seems like you were able to, at that time period, really come together and work in tandem with your corporate partners to figure this out because this never really happened in our lifetimes before
0: that's true and when times are tough is when you need to have people that are true partners that are bought into the mission and the problem we're trying to solve you know like i always felt that our corporate clients had our back our partners as well and like the level of innovation that happened in that period was, was huge like And we always felt we could count on our ecosystem. And if we're with that ecosystem mentality of always thinking that we want to be able to be providing more meaningful connections between the employees of our clients and all the different gyms, studios, wellness apps, nutrition apps, and that's the mission, like then everything else becomes easier. Like our North Star is the number of subscribers that are active, like people that are using the service. And using the service every month, visiting different partners and et cetera. You
1: know, like, yeah, we're doing
0: that, we're just doing good for everyone.
1: You know, I as I say, can't gush more over a business. I've created businesses and and stuff that I, I love, enjoy, but to have a business that really also is a mission where you must see, and like you said, you saw and probably even receive emails from people who got into wellness and bettered themselves. And I mean, to me, that's got to just be one of the greatest feelings in the world.
0: There's nothing better than it, to be honest. And, and you're like, uh, you see this as well, you know, like when you're organizing a retreat, an event, you know, like, and meaningful connections are made, you know, like, and decisions are made and bonds between people are built like things forged that way like are very very easy to forget and we tend to underestimate the power of those connections and the great way Robert about what we do both of us is that this is a gift that we will keep on giving because the opportunity is so huge that if we keep feeding from this experiences in best cases we're going to be running for 20 50 years to bring this to everyone it's such a great joy like there there's no side effect negative side effect here for anyone like so why not push it more and it's a question i ask my team all the time I'll ask you as well like we need to push more how do we get the word out so that we get more people more active faster and we start bringing more life to every single year that people are living
1: yeah it's great to see and and you're you're absolutely right i've only seen growth over all the years i've been involved going back to the big box gyms i i would go to in the 90s when my friends would look at me like why do you work out to today or or in the last 10 years where I'd hang out with all my millennial friends who would be going to Barry's and Tone House and all these fitness boutique fit. And you just see now what I really see is even understanding from a perspective of things you do in terms of mental health, in terms of meditation, in terms of therapy, it all blends into one. And it's only, in my opinion, going to keep growing. But there needs to be companies like Jim Pass out there that are bringing it because going, I love the model in terms of how you've gone through corporate America, especially human resource groups who are involved and in touch with all of their employees because employees need to know they have access to this. And I only see the business growing and and, and that's the question I, I have for you. You've done so well. You've grown quickly. You've expanded. Where do you see the growth of Jim Pass over the next few years and, and into the future?
0: Very good. So, then let me share a major milestone that we have just reached. And then I'm going to articulate what is going to happen in the next two years based on the same milestone. In the first nine years of the company, Robert we have achieved a hundred million check-ins and this is a a check-in for us is when you check in with your health like you visit a partner you do a meditation session and in my view is much better than a check-in in in an app or social media when you go somewhere and like because not necessarily that one is a great great check-in this one is a hundred million in nine years and Naturally, we're doubling every single year, growing so fast, getting more companies on board. But what's truly, truly remarkable is that the next 150 came in less than a year and a half afterwards. And now we have hit 250 million check-ins in our platform. And when I think about growth, like in my mind, like I look at that number and I'm always guessing always pushing our corporate partners that we need to get to a billion and we need to get there there 10 times faster than what it took us to get to the first 100 million and to me it's a shared mission like it's a mission for GymPass, pass for our employees but also for all the clients that are offering well-being to their employees because it's on their best interest as well to have people being involved in that so levers for growth we have a huge opportunity to leverage communication to get to more employees within every single company that we already work with. And let me tell you, there are corporate clients with 50% of their employees signed up to so Jim Pass. There are corporate clients with 10%. And the only difference between them is the level of communication because the technology platform, the tools, the roles people have are similar in this case. So communication there is key and it's about bringing in more people. Right? The other opportunity for me is on signing more companies and asking more leaders of organizations to join the mission to offer also the -the state-of-the-art well-being solution to their employees. And that one is the second and like most important thing. With just those two things, like we're gonna get there and we're gonna keep on the amazing trajectory we are currently. And I'm very excited and, and I look forward to seeing it happen.
1: First off, I love how you quantify the business by check-ins. I love that because to me, that is where the authenticity comes from you wanting to build a business where that's so important to you. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it's incredible to think of that growth from nine years to then a year and a Mm -hmm. half. It's amazing, which shows you just in terms of getting out there in terms of how important wellness has become and just really just in terms of why it's so important for companies. And I could totally understand why and how you want to grow the business and how your partners will grow the business. Because if you get into a business, it's all about communication. If people know about it within those companies and and HR people are doing their job, I would just imagine you will hit that billion much, much sooner than you could have ever imagined. No, yeah, very good. It's a, go-
0: it's a great goal to have. And if it's a shared goal with everyone, like the more likely it is that we're going to all achieve it.
1: Yeah, I love it. In the, in the little time we have left, I, I want to ask you if you were to give yourself some advice. You've been at this now. For a long time you came from mckinsey you watched your parents work while i mean just from your background you really have seen so many different spectrums of of what it means to build a business how to build a business if you were to give yourself advice right now If you were a young entrepreneur going out there and starting something new post pandemic in this new world we live in, what would that advice be to someone who's thinking about starting a business?
0: Great question. What I'll share as an advice maybe has two. Potential implications. It would it could be seen as an advice for someone who is going on about starting a business and is thinking about how to to be a better leader and to how to better balance all the different priorities that you're gonna have as an entrepreneur. But on the other hand, could also be seen as a business opportunity that I feel is not being rightly addressed today. To me, the biggest lie we were told is that life and work can be separated things as if one needs to balance one versus the other. And the underlying assumption there is that one is at odds with each other. And the more you have of one, the less you have to have of the other. And I say that's the biggest lie because the future to me is a future in which life and work are the same thing. And the businesses that can provide flexibility to their employees and enough autonomy for them to control their own journey while achieving the goals and while delivering the results that they need to achieve are the businesses that are going to survive and thrive. And you know, like, I think that, that that's such an important shift on mindset. And I'm not giving this an advice from a position of like, I know it all. Let me tell you, I was out on a paternity leave and I took a few weeks off. I completely unplugged. Looking back, doing a post on it, that wasn't the best choice for me. I wish instead of taking two weeks out, like really, really spend time with my wife, I wish I was working four hours per day, not eight, mm. and potentially extend the two weeks to four. I believe as the CEO and founder of the business that it would be better for the company because I would have pushed agendas forward. I would have kept empowering people to do what they wanted to do. And it would have been better for me as well. And someone at some point in time decided that, for example, for a mother going on maternity leave, like, that was the best alternative. Maybe not. Like, if we can be flexible, I'm sure we are going to create better companies with better cultures. We're going to get more things done and people will live happier lives. Yeah. So don't accept the advices. Don't accept things as given, especially if it looks like one rule fits all. One model yeah. fits everyone
1: i love that because i do think it's i've never looked at it as this is work and then this is i work for this or i combining the combination it's only going to make companies and it's been proven you've proven it companies have proven it where it just makes them stronger better because you're giving your employees what they need. And there's never a negative article. You read every article and I've always read it's health, wellness, fitness, working out. It's always positive, right? There's never, it's never, there's going to be some aspect to it that, that is, is, is a negative. And, and I love that about, about what you're doing. And before I let you go, I I do want to to ask you, I know you said you, you grew up and, uh, you know, saw your dad playing soccer and I think taught him tennis. And I'm just curious for someone like yourself, what is your choice of fitness these days? And also how do you combine and do just like you said, integrate that into your, your work life and your world? How do you do that?
0: Very good. So I wasn't, especially in the early days, as active as I am today, I work out every single work day because to me, again, it's not about balancing the two, but the more I work, the more I feel I need to be like on top of my well-being as well to be able to perform better. So I normally, because I'm not always working on weekends, I don't work out as well on weekends. So from six to 7am, I'm doing a different type of activity, either It's a studio. I love high intensity training, F45, Berries, Orange Theory, et cetera. I love those. Like it allows me to unplug when I'm when I'm doing that. And when I'm at home, like I use the digital solutions as well. Like uh, I Love the different apps, Neo U, Strava, etc. During the day, I always have a half an hour meditation pause. Normally, after the first meeting, when I'm done. Eating lunch. Like sorry, eat lunch, have a first meeting. That's the right amount, the right place for me. And the last part on my well-being journey is about sleeping well. And this was a problem I always had. The le- like working super hard, level of anxiety is high. And I figured out that by recording my sleep using this amazing app called Sleep Cycle and understanding what is making my nights better when I have issues and what I should do before going to bed that has helped me sleep seven hours every night. So this is how I'm, I'm building my journey and you know, like, and I'm doing that with a pretty busy schedule, but it's worthwhile. And I, I have, I have more inter, intense well being when I'm working harder. And when I'm not working harder, I'm focused on other stuff in my life, not necessarily well being or work.
1: Well, Cesar, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Wellness, what you're doing, one of my all-time favorite topics, I love it. It just means so much to everyone who is walking this earth, the more importantly than anything. And as I said earlier in the show, unfortunately, these days I get reminded of it often. Someone could take the best job or make the most money, or ha- if you don't have your well-being or health, you really don't have those other things and it's just incredible what you've done what i viewed as a an overnight success which you know took a hell of a lot more work (laughs) but uh, i wish you the best and i can't wait to see as as you continue to grow in more countries and and really this is this is global
0: it is robert thank you so much for having me Pleasure speaking
1: with you. Got it, thanks so much. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning and you don't wanna miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs if you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuchman, that's R-O-B-E-R-T, T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.